0: We will be learning now the Sicha, first Sicha, Pashas beshalach and Chelek Tezayin. I'm using from the project Lakuta Sichas, the Loshna Kedish version of the Sicha. Originally the Sicha was Muge in Yiddish, but uh, they published the Sicha now in Loshna Kedish. So that's what we're going to be using for the Shira the Lashem version of the She'cha. The Pasuk in this week's Parsha, when the Mitzrim, were chasing the Yidden. So the Mechilta says, where did these animals, these these horses, come from that the Mitzrim used? Because by Makkah's devil, all the animals died. So the Mechilta says that they came from those Mikneh, shehenis Hayodest var Hashem. And we learned in last week's Pasha that Hashem said he's only... Going to destroy those animals that were outdoors, but those that were indoors will survive. So, Hayyadis Dvar Hashem, hey, the one who feared Hashem, made sure to chase his animals indoors that they shouldn't die. So, these animals were the ones who were used now. So, that means that the Yadid Dvar Hashem, at this point, was ready to give his animals to chase after the Eden So the Mechilta says that from here, Rav Shimon concludes, the best of the goyim you should kill and, and the best of the snakes, the best snake you should crush its brains, literally, it's skull, it's head. So there's a famous question on this se- sentence, this statement of Rav Shimon. How is it possible that the Torah should instruct, Hazal should instruct Torah that this is the Torah approach, that the Torah, the best of the game should be killed? that is the opposite of justice and correct behavior. This is is not proper. So that is is a very basic question. This question has been raised many, many times and various answers are given. <laughs> Some of these answers will be mentioned further on in the Sikha. Why did this question come up so often? Because there were many debates that happened between and our enemies, anti Semites. Rabbi Yechil mi Paris, starting already from the Vikuchim, the debates that were held between Rabbi Yechil mi Paris, Migdoyle who was one of the great Bala until in our recent history. So this question was raised in these debates many times because these debates were often led by. Uh, uh, clergy people from Christian uh, faith and others who were learned people and they knew these Maimore Chazal, so they brought this up. How can it say in your sources that one should kill the best of the goyim? So the G'dayl were put in a position where they needed to address this question and therefore they did and they gave different answers to explain this statement of Rab Shimon. (laughs) Rashi, in this week's pasha, when it comes to the pasuk, so Rashi also is addressing this, It is also um, addressing this pasuk. So Rashi quotes, in the Dibra HaMazchel, the words, V'chorech of Mitzrayim, U'peerish. Kebemechilta. Rashi explains, like the Mechilta, Where did these behemes come from? Im toim ha'mishal Mitzrayim. If you'll say that it came from Mitzrayim, HaReinem haVayom was called Mikna Mitzrayim. says that all Mikna Mitzrayim died. V'im toim mishal Yisrael. And if you'll say, that these animals were taken from the Jews, meaning after Makkah's Dever, before the Eden left Mitzrayim, maybe, perhaps, the Mitzrim confiscated animals from the Eden. That's not possible, says Rashi. <laughs> that Moshe Abenu told Padre, all our Mikne. Will go along with us. So who were these from? It came from the Mitzri who was a Yorid Varashem, and therefore he put his animals indoors, and therefore there were animals in Mitzrayim. So Rashi continues that from here, Rav Shimon learned out and he derived that kasha should be Basically, almost uh, clear the quote from the Mechilta. So what is really not understood after Pirush Rashi While it is true that Rashi is something that also a uh, Godle an adult learns Rashi too. Every Yid learns Chumash and he learns Rashi. Shemitamze. As the Allah is stated in Shulchan Aruch, that when a yid is Maver Sedra, the best way to do this, the Yarei Shamaim should not only do Shnaim and Vanecho Targum, but he should also learn Rashi. Because Rashi is such a basic thing that even an adult must learn Rashi. However, how commission is, back, is from rabbis, we already have said many times. It must also be fitting and understood also for a five-year-old learning Khamish. And it has to be so straightforward and so clear. That he can understand the in chumash, in the true way, without having to resort to explanations that are brought down in other mefarshim. Rashi makes his pirush in a an accessible manner that a child learning chumash can, from the Rashi's pirush, straight understand the meaning of the pasuk without needing any other Rashi. He can find whatever is needed for the basic learning of Chumash, he can understand that from the simple pirush in Rashi. Nothing is missing in Rashi, meaning there's nothing that the simple pshat in pasuk requires explanation and Rashi doesn't address it and Rashi also doesn't give extra perushim just because the nice perushim, is only giving us what is needed for the basic understanding of pasuk. Uh, this is true both for the understanding of the current pasuk, as well as in the context of comparing this pasuk to previous Rashi's that Rashi had Taught to Ben Hamish earlier on, Alpizeh, based on all that, The question that we have raised over here, how is it correct? How is it proper? And how is it justice to make a statement that the best guy should be killed? This is such a basic fundamental question that anyone who learns this Right away, ask this question. Even a superficial learning of a child that is five years old, he will also like stop and say, "What? How is that possible? How can you make such a statement? The best guy should be killed." Now, if that is so, and this is such a basic question, koshe, So it's difficult. <laughs> How can Rashi bring this statement of Reb Shimon, that the best guy should be killed without adding on any explanation of what this is, how this is meant to be understood. Rashi is not answering this blatant question. And really, there's even a greater question. A child learning already learned in Pashas Lech that Avram Avinu was in Mitzrayim, and Paroy treated Avram very well and escorted him and sent him out of Mitzrayim because. He wanted to protect Avram, protect Sarah from all bad. So the Ben Khomish Lamikra has met in Chumish by learning Chumish before Pash's Bishalach that there, there was a padre, a previous padre in Mitzraim, who was a very honorable man, so to speak. He was a good guy. He helped and protected Avram and Sarah. But came, Chomish. He learned even more. Yakev yeah, and his descendants came down to Mitzrayim, Pare on his own, offered, I would like to settle you in the best part of the land. And when the Eden actually settled in that place, as the Torah tells us, it was in a manner where they really settled there and they multiplied there and so, very much so. So this was a, they lived a good life there. How can we say that you should kill the best Mitzri? There were some Mitzrim, at least, who treated the Yidin properly. They lived together in peace and tranquility. They they did, they treated them very well and nicely. Now this question will become an even sharper question. It will become an even more pressing question when the Ben Chomish will continue learning Chomish. And eventually he'll reach pashas Kiseitze in Sefer Dvarim. The Torah commands us, don't despise the Mitzri. So there is a, a, a an issue, not only a prohibition, not only a, not to kill a, a Mitzri, you're not even allowed to hate him or despise him. If you're not allowed to be Mesa'ev a then you certainly are not allowed to kill him. More im kashash be mitzray im harayik ketzanu hale if the best mitzri we are supposed to kill then how exactly can we then fulfill the next part of the pasuk eshamshak hapasuk over there in parshiski tziceh Shom, where it says alte siv mitzri then it says doir shlishi yovel uhem bikavashan a third generation of a ger Mitzri is allowed to marry in to the Jewish people. A First, Mitzri who becomes a Geir cannot marry a Basisro, but a third generation of a Geir Mitzri can. Now, if we are meant to kill the best Mitzri, then how is that even possible? How can we ever get to a third generation Mitzri Geir marrying in Kalashem? While it is true that this individual, just the very fact that he wants to convert and become a geir, tells us already that he obviously is one of the kosher. Even about a kosher, Rav Shimon apparently says, as soon as he comes to your door, you have to kill him. We're not talking about the technicality of it, but in concept. Reb Shimon says you gotta kill him. So how can we even have the possibility of a Ger Mitri to begin with? So perhaps in this Pasuk, Rashi doesn't have to address this question. But when it comes to Pasch Kisetse, where the Torah tells us about this, over there, Rashi should have addressed. How that doesn't contradict what we learned in Pasha B'shalach in Rashi. Sivgim. Each of the tiritzim that are mentioned in the Kama and Kama in the Mesecta there is a different version from the Mechilta, a different version than the Mechilta. Over here, it says like this: Hatov sheba Akum. The best guy in wartime, then you should kill him. During wartime, you should kill the best guy. In other words, the heter, or perhaps even the obligation to kill even the best guy. That was said in a certain context in the context of wartime. In a different situation, when there's no war going on, certainly when it's a time of peace, then of course we don't, we're not supposed to kill the best guy. That was only said for the specific time of war. So we might say, perhaps, that that is also the Pshat in Rashi. <laughs> that when Rashi is telling us this quote from Rav Shimon, he's referring during a time of war, like the Mitzrim came to make war with the Yidin. When did this punishment of the Yared Varashem? Happened, it happened when the Mitzrim were chasing after the Jewish people, with the intent to wage war against the Eden at the Yamsuf. So we could say that in that context, yeah, you gotta kill even the best Mitzri. but truly. In, in truth, we, you, you cannot answer like that. The fact that Rashi is saying that from here, Rab Shimon derived that the best mitzvah you should kill. What does that mean that from here we derive? It means we're not talking only about here in this instant that the mitzvah were chasing after the Eden we're talking that from this instant, we can derive the concept for in general, for other times. Perusha Aleph, shemikan onu From here we'll apply it for elsewhere. And also base, mik'an, what does it mean mik'an, from here? From here, from which pasuk, what does the pasuk say? Mi kach that he took the chariots of Mitzrayim, mima'isa halekicho. From the fact that he took these animals, tekiven shayares v'laHashem yamitznim, nosanus be'meisav leparay. The fact that the best Mitzri still gave his animals to paray, lochein huroi loeinish shehev yolavakish boch b'shastiyas yamsuf. Therefore, he's deserving of the punishment that Hashem brought. During Kriyas Yamsov, which is Haroik, kill him. Kleimar, in other words, Bainish Misa Loy So the punishment of death wasn't due to the fact that he made war against Eden. Rather, it's for the fact that he gave his animals to Padre with bad intentions. In other words, we're talking before the actual war. Before they actually started that fight. So already the giving of the animals is already why they deserve the death penalty. Haroig. that already the taking of the animals with the intention to take them out to war, that already is that is included in the general term wartime. And therefore, maybe we can say that Rashi is also um, saying the statement with that qualification, that it's only during wartime that you got to kill the best guy. As the Rebbe, you still cannot say that that's what Rashi holds. And the reason why not is a very fundamental and basic one. Why? As we said before, Rashi calls a We already established. Rashi is saying, whatever he's saying, for a five-year-old child-learning chumash, and therefore kanal, as we said before, called Pirush shel mikra, rashi Any pirush that is needed for the simple understanding of the poshug, Rashi will write it in a very clear and simple manner. Meil and therefore. If indeed Rashi's intention is that during wartime you should kill the Mitzri, even the best one. So Rashi would have written these words clearly. He would have spelled it out. Rashi wouldn't have relied that the Ben-Chomish is going to start searching and doing research. What does Rashi mean? How can you kill the best mitzvah until he'll come across which is not common, safer, and definitely not for a five-year-old learning Chomish that in he will find the solution to this problem, that it is a Girs B'Shas Mulchama, and therefore maybe Rashi also means B'Shas Mulchama. Especially that according to this pshat, this is a fundamental qualification of the statement. It limits it to only Shas Mulchama. So that's a major point. Rashi could have just written that out clearly. And he would have, with the mindset that he's going to explain this pasuk, even to a five-year-old child, you can't leave such a statement vague. The best mitzvah you should kill, and the regular child will think, well, you have to kill even the best mitzri. He won't think of it that this is during wartime, specifically, if Rashi doesn't spell it out. And for this last same reason, it is difficult to force into Rashi any of the other terutzim that are brought down in Sfarim to this major question. For example, there's a different answer. That it doesn't mean literally, that the best mitri is deserving of death. Ella, rather. <speaking in Hebrew> this is one of the answers that were given in these debates that Gedele Israel had. So when the question was raised, how dare you say that you have to kill the best non-Jew? So the answer was given, no, that's not what it says. It says you have to read that correctly. They answered that the best Mitzri has an attitude of killing the Mitzri. Not that we have to kill the Mitzri. The Mitzri has an attitude of deciding and judging haroig very quickly. If a man who is suspected of having killed someone stands in judgment before a judge. So even a kosher Mitzri is ready to judge him and um, (coughs) condemn him to death. Just based on uh, assessment and uh, general, um, um, without a clear proof without trying to find a way out, maybe the guy didn't do it, maybe he it wasn't his fault, he'll just very impulsively judge the man to death. Hadin who be open, the veshavtu aid of a game of etzilo aido. But in Israel, we have a whole system where the besdin has to interrogate the aidim, and has to be veshavtu aid vitzilo aido. There has to be a roiv that is a bigger roiv that is mechayev. Highness and idrosim aidim baasro vechulu. You have to have witnesses. The guy had to be warned. And we have to try, there's a to try to find him a merit why he's is not. We don't rush to judgment so quickly. So that was one of the answers given in one of these debates. Or base, another answer. I don't mean it. it's not meant literal. It's only Sometimes we say a statement to bring out a point, so we exaggerate, but it doesn't mean it in its simple sense. They brought proof for this position that this is not meant literal from the continuation of what Reb Shimon taught. This was also brought up in the debates. They told the whoever asked the question. That in seferim. if you look, you have to look the context, and there's more to what Reb Shimon said. It says over there, <laughs> That the most kosher woman <laughs> is a Balas <laughs> Kshafim, does magic, black magic, whatever. Now, when we say such a statement, does that mean literal? Obviously, Chas v'Shalom to say that a Jewish woman—it says Haksheira Shabenoshim. So, in other words, we're talking even about a Jewish woman, a Bas Sod Rivka Rochav and the Ksheira of them, the best of them, is Balas Kshafim. That can't be. We can't say that literal, that every Ksherh is a balas Kshafim. Rather, it is clear that this was said in an exaggerated manner. To stress the point how careful one has to be about these inonim of Kshofim. That even a someone who seems to be very upright, might even be a balas So, to make the point, so it is expressed in this extreme uh, manner. So, they said that's the explanation also for this. Of course, it doesn't mean literally that the best mitzri you should kill. This is just an exaggerated way of saying very strongly, you gotta be you can't just trust them so blindly. You have to know that even someone who seems to be a very good guy, you never know. So don't be too trusting of them. Gimel, another answer. At the time of Rab Shimon, the Yidin suffered many, many Tzores and Gzeires. And about these Goyim, in his lifetime, Rab Shimon meant that even the best of them, you should kill. Because these Goyim have already a record. They have shown and proven themselves. They showed outright animosity against the Jewish people. Just like the snake, which is mentioned right after that in Rav Shimon's word, The snake is full of poison. So these goyim, they are full of poison against the Jewish people. So because they have already a record of being great anti-Semites, so that's, in that context, Rav Shimon said what he said. He's not talking about in general. Not even about the Mitzrim. Proof of that. The best proof is that there are numerous my mother, which stress that who had Rachmanis even on the Mitzrim when the pasuk says that you should not despise a mitzri, why? The Torah gives the reason. Because you were a foreigner in his land. You dwelled in his land. In other words, as Rashi explains that it was an achsanya for you, correct, it wasn't the best place to be. But the it gave the Eden a place to dwell. So, therefore, In other words, we're saying that there are some good qualities. See, we, this is not a all-encompassing statement. So we have uh, here numerous answers which were used in the debates. It says the Rebbe, none of these can explain Rashi. Perushim eilu v'chol any of these perushim and likewise other perushim which were said over the generations, you, it's very difficult to force them into Pirushrashi. Considering the fact that the simple reading of these words, considering the fact that the simple reading of these words, does not imply any of these perushim. It rather it's something that you need to explain to someone. Ha-re-ho-ya Rashi So Rashi had to. If that's what he meant, he had to add on some words of explanation to explain that that is his intention when he brings this statement. Rashi and considering the fact that Ashi did not, rather, he just copied a few words as it is in the Mechilta. So we are compelled to conclude that somehow in the words of Rav Shimon themselves, there is an explanation. And it has to be so obvious that Rashi doesn't have to add any words to respond to that question. Even for a five-year-old child, Rashi does not need to add anything. (coughs) So Now, in Sifay, the Reb is going to take it the other way. We don't know yet how for Rashi this is so simple that he doesn't have to. But obviously, there is some way how we can explain Rashi in a simple manner. Whatever that might be, and we're going to see soon what it is, but whatever that might be, at this point, raises a different question for us. If there is such a simple way to explain it, how come none of these vikuchim in any of these debates, how come they didn't say what we're going to say now somehow pshat in Rashi. Let's read that in Sifei. From this, we come now to the greatest wonder in this whole saga. Let's say that we figure out some way how we can explain Rashi from all sides. We'll, we'll explain somehow how this statement is very clearly understood. It's it's all good. In the manner of simply, in the eyes of a five-year-old. So the question then comes the other way around. How come that during gener, many generations the daily Israel had to toil and figure out how to answer this question? And somehow they didn't come up with this simple explanation that apparently Rashi had for the child. Rashi definitely doesn't mean that there is somehow an explanation that can only work for a five-year-old child, but you can't really tell this to an adult. In other words, that there is some type of answer that will placate the child, but is not really an accurate and true answer. the true answer, so to speak, would rely that the child will grow up, eventually he'll learn that in Sfarim what the other answers are. But that right now, Rashi's relying that the Khamish is going to live in peace with this statement due to some simple answer, although it might not be the true answer. It says the Rebbe that can't be. It is unacceptable to say. That Rashi is learning with Ben Chomish something which is not really the truth. Definitely, Rashi is, is relying on some reason that is, on the one hand, so simple, but also a true answer. And yet, it is so simple that Rashi does not even have to add any words to the Mechilta. Even for the five year old child, whom we call Makim. And still, on the other hand, still, for some reason, none of these, none of these debates got that answer. Whatever Rashi's answer is, we don't see that they came up with it. Because as we elaborated before, the different answers we can't learn Pshat in Rashi like that. Because if that's what Rashi meant, how would the Benchamesh ever think of that? That it's only B'Sha'as Milchaml, or that it's talking about certain Goyim who have a record of great animosity to Bnei Yisro, or other answers that we have brought, that it means B'dalch Kuzma, it doesn't mean literal, or that, um, <coughs> um that the Mitzrim are saying, these are uh, somewhat far fetched, or even if you're going to say that these are good answers, but there's no way that the menchomesh can get those answers just from reading what Rashi wrote. So if Rashi meant those, Rashi would have had to add some other words. Sivvav, in Pirush Rashi, ain't a for shall piske halochis. You know? Rashi is safer, is not here to rather it's, a, it's a, a, a safer that is meant to explain the Why does Rashi need to bring this whole thing into the Rashi? What was the original question in this Rashi? Where did the animals come from? So Rashi has to answer where the animals come from. It's just a technicality. The Benchomish Lemikram might wonder, where did the animals come from? He knows there was a Makas Devil which wiped out all the animals. So where did these animals come from? So Rashi tells you, remember by Makas Devil, Hashem said that whoever is Yared V'Al Hashem, and puts the animals indoors. Nothing will happen to those animals. Those are the animals, the ones that the Yeridvah Hashem put in their indoors. That's all. So now we have an answer to our question: Where the animal came from? Rashi could have ended right there. Why does Rashi have to then go on? From this, rab learned out. Why is that necessary for Pshut to Shel Mikro? We need to understand Pshat Pasuk. Rashi is not compiling nice medrashim and nice things that he found in medrash or in mechilta or in wherever. So why is Rashi adding on these words? Even if you want to tell me that for some reason Rashi feels it necessary to teach us here that one should not trust a guy even if he's a yored Varashem. Why would Rashi need that? Because he needs to answer a certain question. What's the question? After Rashi told us that the animals came from the Yared Hashem, so the Mechamish might think, what? (laughs) An individual who is a Yared Hashem, Such an individual who was afraid and believed in Hashem and therefore put his animals indoors. How is it possible that such a guy should put his animals to use to chase and fight the Eden? And therefore Rashi has to continue with the statement, that yes, indeed, Rashi is telling the Ben Hamish, don't, don't find that so strange. You should know. Even tafe shabamitzim harayig you can't trust even the best guy you never know adaine ne mkhovel still is leaves too much clouded and unclear Maduane ne yonenu kam siu ranal she ro'ulayn sharayig still they actually could have made that point in a less extreme way he doesn't have to say that even the best guy, even the best Mitsri Haroig kill him, could have just said, yeah, you never know, he can't trust. That's all. When it comes to the next part <coughs> where it concludes that the best snake you should crush it's moyach, its brains, what does that have to do with the Pirosh of the Pasuk? Dalit. What does it mean that Reb Shimon learned this out from here? From here, we learn out that the best snake, you should crush its moyach. There is a clear Pasuk where it says, <coughs> Not in Pasha, I'm sorry. In Pasha's Bereishis. By um, after the Hetadas, Hashem said B'ei the gamer, that I'm gonna establish hatred between the human beings and the snake, who and the human will crush your head. Will step on your head. That's what Hashem told the Nachash in the beginning of the Bria, as is recorded already in Pasha's Breishes. So, what does it mean? Mikano From here, Yerabshim and derive two things. He derived Tevesh beMitzrayim but he also apparently derived Tevesh beNachashim retzets But Tevesh beNachashim retzets We don't learn this out from here. We know this already since Pasha's Breishes. The other things that we need to figure out here. For what purpose does Rashi tell us who said it? We know there's a rule. Every Rashi comes from some, know, every Rashi, but Many, many Rashis, you will find, you can trace the sources to other my Chazal. But usually, in the vast majority of them, Rashi does not say who is the Tana or the Amoira who said it. So that tells us that Rashi's approach is not to quote the Baal HaMemre. When he does... There is a special reason for it. And that reason has to be in the context of Pshutu mikra. It must add on somehow, something additional explanation to the beer. So the question is here, where Rashi does quote Rav Shimon by name, what is it that Rashi wants to add on with that base? When he talks about the Mitzri, he says, the best Mitzri, haroig, kill him. <speaking in Hebrew> when it comes to the best snake, it doesn't say haroig. it says, crush his brain. Gimo, <speaking in Hebrew> after using the term, Rashi should have said, crush what? His head, his roish. Vehesem laLoshna Kassuf, Hu Yeshuv Chorosh, like it says in the pasuk that we quoted in from Breishis, that he will step on your head, and also in Tilm it says Ritzats to Roshay LeVyoson. So we see that Ritzaitz is followed with Rosh, so how come it says Ritzaitz as Moichay and not Ritzaitz as Roshay, Dalit? What does it mean from here? The wording, Mikan, implies to exclude someplace else. Don't think that you can learn this from elsewhere. You have to learn it from Mikan, from here. What is the other place where we might have derived this from that Rashi has to stress that it's from here and not from there? Ches. To explain this entire thing, there is a more general question. That when we learn this Rashi, there's a general question that comes up. We quoted this earlier in the Sikha. That in the De Sifrim, he actually qualifies the statement of Rav Shimon to beshas mulchama, he limits it to beshas mulchama. Now the this gives beshas mulchama, you should kill atay shebaakum. Really, this fits very well with the simple shot of the pasuk due to the storyline. What happened here? Me'ach Hashem the context of this pasuk is the mitzvim came to wage war against the yidin. And Hashem punished them also by making war against them. Kameshia calls as it says in pasuk, Hashem nilcham lohem vegeyma. Hashem nilcham lohem vegeyma. So we see that term milchama is being used over here. So if so, maybe even a child can understand. A child even understands. During wartime, you can't start picking out who is the good guy, who is the bad guy. You can never be 100% sure, and, and, and you might get killed in the process. This, this type of warfare that uh, the Israeli army has invented, that you go into a place and you start going from house to house and picking out, that costs lives of Jewish soldiers, and it's hepach and hepach And it's also hepach common sense. The enemy is hiding behind civilians. It's very sad and so on, but we can't start saying, this one is a good guy, this one a bad guy, even a child understands. You have an army coming against you, you have to shoot them. Even if there's among them, so this is something that anyone can understand. So if so, if this is such a simple concept, so, when Rashi has one version in the Mechilta where it just says, Tav then he has another version in the Seifrim where it says, Tav be akum b'shas So, this gear stuff, the Mesach is Seifrim, fits so much better than the gear that Rashi brings me in the Mechilta. Aleph from the Mechilta it seems that this is not limited to wartime, but any time and in any situation. Something which is totally against any sense of justice um, and proper behavior. And also the fact that we don't say that this is vishas mulchomo, stresses that they were punished with the death penalty just for giving the animals, which is really a difficult concept. So how come Rashi picks the girsa of the mechilta and not the girsa of the mesech Seferim? Elo, Shabaem is ein zukush yeklam. The truth is that this is not a question. Because bederech hapshat moving. We have to remember we are dealing here with psutashan Mikro. When we read the Psukim, why were the mitrim drowned by Krias Yamsuv? If you learn the Psukim correctly, and the Ben the that Rashi is talking to is learning the Psukim correctly. Krias Yamsuf and the ensuing death of all the Mitzrim at Krias Yamsuf was not punishment for their chasing after the Yidden and the war that they waged against the Yidden at Yamsuf. It's not for that. What does it say before? That Hashem told Moshe, I will strengthen Paris' heart. I will harden his heart so that he should chase after you. The next pasuk, it says, Hashem strengthened Padre's heart and made him chase. So the fact that the chasing came due to Hashem's intervention over here so you can't punish the mitzvim for chasing the Eden. Hashem made that happen. So why were they punished? Not for the chasing. This was a continuation to all the previous makis that Hashem brought upon Mitzvahim. For their Enslaving the Jewish peoples and inflicting them with pain for so many, many years. For that they were punished. And as a conclusion of all the Makis, Hashem brought upon them the biggest punishment the miracle of Yamsuf which made sure that none remained. They all got wiped out by Yamsuf. So this was just the conclusion of the general makis of all the previous makis. So that is the simple understanding when we learn the psukim correctly, that this punishment was not for just the chasing now before Yamsuf but it was for the entire enslavement of the Eden. <laughs> That's why Rashi can't bring the gears of him that only during wartime they are deserving of the death penalty. <laughs> because the Pasuk is not telling us that. They're chasing, and the war of the Mitzrim was the cause for their death. So, the Meshech Tzayfrim approach, as Rashi takes it, is not fitting in the Pshut Hashemikra. So, when Rashi doesn't bring it, it's not just he doesn't bring it, because it doesn't fit in the pasuk. Well, if he's based on that, If he's moving out, Because of that, because it can't mean that they were punished for that but that they were punished for what happened before. That's what Rashi needs to, we had asked before, why, if the question is just a technical question, where did the animals come from? Rashi could have said they came from the Hashem, finish the Rashi right there and then. No, there's something else that is difficult here because, as we just explained, that the reason that these mitzvahs were killed by Yamsuf is not for the redif or for the chasing, but it is for before the whole Shibut Mitzraim. If that is so, we have an issue. And that issue Rashi is going to address with bringing the maimer mikanoirabshimon omer hagamshem pi rashi. So, although Rashi is not coming to give us instructions, because it's like this, the fact that Rashi tells us that the yodet Varashem, these mitzvim who were God-fearing and they gave their behems to paray, moving shegamhem hoyu that means that these Mitzrim who gave these animals, they themselves were also by Kriyas Yamsuv. How do we know that they were also by Kriyas Yamsuf? In the footnote, the Rebbe elaborates about this. And actually, the Rebbe spoke to sicham Purim. The Rebbe spoke about this at length to explain this point. Here it's in the footnote 42. Um, where Rashi says, where it says on the Pasuk, that he, says Rashi, that drew the Mitzrim with words. Now, although, when we're talking about taking the Rechev, taking the animals, you don't need to say literally, you could say literally, he just took them to people you have to draw them with words. You don't just take them with your hands. So it is implied here clearly that it's not just that they gave their behemoths, but that they also joined Padre in the chase. As Rashi explains previously that Padre told them, you don't mind, they took all your money, you gave them your belongings, clothing and gold and silver, and you know they came to borrow they're not giving you anything back so and with that argument he got them to join so apparently they didn't just give the behemoths they themselves joined so if so so if they were there and it says that all those that were there were killed in the Yamsuf, so these individuals were also killed along with all the other Mitzrayim who were there. So now Rashi has a dilemma. If we said, like we said before, that all the Mitzrayim got wiped out by Kriyas Yamsuf, not for the redief or for the chase, but for what they did beforehand already in Mitzrayim. So one second, beforehand in Mitzrayim? The Yared Var Hashem, why is the Yared Var Hashem wiped out equally alongside the others? Alongside those who were not God-fearing. It says, none survived. Just because at this point he gave the behemoth to paray, that's why he should deserve the death penalty. These were good goyim. Apparently, these were the Yerid V'Hashem Mitzrim. If we would have said that they were killed due to their chasing after the Eden with the intention to make Muhama, then we could have understood the reason why they were punished by death. And then, indeed, Rashi wouldn't have had to explain it. Because like we said before, during war times, we can't stop making differences. <speaking in Spanish> but because, as we have established, that the Radifa is not the reason why they got killed. Because the Redifa was orchestrated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They had no free will anymore at that point. They had to do the Redifa. So therefore, that can't be the cause for their punishment. If so, How come that the punishment was applied also to those that were God-fearing, Ubi we, especially? the Ben-Khamish remembers If there would have been Nine, ten, not only that they would have been saved, they, their would have protected all those who live in their city. The Rebbe says 9, 10, 9 in parentheses and 10, because over there, Avram tried to plead with HaKadosh Baruch that Hashem should be with Dominion, so to speak. So then it would be really nine. But in total, it's like we need 10 Sadikim, right? To to save the city. But if there would have been 10 Sadiqim, it's not only that they themselves wouldn't have would have been saved, they would have protected the entire city. And what occurred here is the very opposite. Not only that the Yared V'Rashem didn't protect the other Mitzrim from being destroyed, even they themselves were not saved. How is that possible? That is a dilemma that Rashi needs to address. For this dilemma, Rashi needs to bring us the statement of Rab Shimon, Mikan V'chulu, to explain. Rav Shimon is trying to explain to us the punishment that they got, that they were also killed alongside the rest of the Mitzrim wasn't just because he gave the Bahamas to Paray. Rather, This harsh punishment is proof That tells us the fact that Hashem killed those Mitzrim that were yared var Hashem and therefore put their animals indoors. The fact that now they gave the behemoths, this doesn't happen just in a vacuum. They gave the behemoths because they had a deep-seated hatred, just like all the other mitzvahs to the Eden. The same poisonous hatred, the Dugmas poisonous like the snake that Rashi mentions afterwards. The same poisonous hatred that all the mitzrim had to. Infl- to bring this, this uh, enslavement under Ri on thef for many many years with such might and such force while came al kulam and therefore all of them got the same punishment because this Mitri who gave the behamas now, although he was yared She and put the Bas indoors. but the fact that he gave the behamas at this point, We're talking at the very end, Mitzrayim is destroyed already. And still, they gave the Bahamas to Pari. That means that they also shared the same hatred like all the other Mitzrayim. So they all got the same punishment just like the rest of the Mitzrayim. that also explains why Rashi stresses, or the mehilta also stresses, but Rashi we're talking about specifically, that from here Rav derived the kosher be until the, the punishment of Krias Yamsuf, we had no clear proof that also the Yorid Varashem had this hatred and this evil nature towards Eden with such a passion that for that he should be deserving of the death, death penalty, just like all the Mitzrim. We didn't know this until this story, until the English of Kriyas Yamsov, there's no way that we could have known that. You can't argue, you know what? Of course we know that. We know already beforehand, we don't find anywhere except for Debrun, Borod, that the Yore Dvar Hashem somehow got a different treatment than the rest of the Mitzrim. Dom, Tzvardei, Akinim, all the Mitzrim suffered from it. Apparently also the Yore Dvar Hashem. Doesn't say that there's a difference. So apparently all of them already show us that they shared in their animosity towards Bnei Sol. Said so the Rebbe, no, that's not a good argument. That doesn't prove that they had the same level of hatred. Why not? Because all these makis did not entail death, which is the ultimate punishment, which is the greatest punishment, so, to deserve the Makov, Dam, Tvadeya, and all these Makkes, one didn't need to have the full measure of Rishus. If they had even a lesser degree of animosity than some of the other Mitzvahs, they would have still been deserving to suffer somewhat. It is appropriate for them to get this punishment, even for a smaller measurement of hatred and rishus. Some measurement of rishus, certainly the Yared Varashem also had. So we can't know for sure that they share the same level of hatred and therefore they also got those Makas, that's, that's what we could have thought even Makas already was death Rashi already explained that why did the die that over there it says that the, even the sons the of the maidservants, also were punished, says Rashi, because they also um, used the and enslaved the Yidin, like would work the Yidin, and they were also happy that the Yidin are suffering. The fact that it didn't come to all the members of the family, only to some members of the family, the firstborns, apparently the fact that it was a limited punishment of death and not for everyone means that for that also you don't necessarily need to have the ultimate rishus, the ultimate hatred. Definitely the Bnei Ashfuches did not have the same level of hatred like the Mitzrim, but still they got killed because they shared. So apparently for for also you don't need to have the full, the highest measure of hatred. But only from But only from here at this point where Kriyas Yamsov wiped out the Mitzrim totally that not even one remained alive from here we have proof of that generation was equal to all other Mitzrim in the great hatred and riches towards the Yidin, and therefore he was equally treated with the death penalty like the others. Based on this, we can also understand the rule, the general rule that the best of the Mitzrim you should kill the fact that Rashi is just addressing a question in how to learn Pshat in this Pasuk. So according to Rashi, it is self-understood that this Rashi and this statement applies specifically to the Mitzrim of that generation about whom the Postal is talking about. Those Mitzrim, even the kosher, even the one who is Yared Vashem, and they're still deserving for the, of the death penalty. For the reason that we spoke about before. You're talking about Mitzrim of a different generation. It's both the ksherim and even the reshaim. Lo is not addressing them. Rashi is not talking about mitzrim. A hundred years later, he's talking specifically about the mitzrim during the time of the exodus, during the time of Yitzchus Mitzrayim. <coughs> One moment. So that understanding already answers the bulk of our questions on Rashi. The main question that we had was, how can Rashi make such a statement, without explaining how that is right? How is that just? Of course it's just, we're talking about the mitzim of that generation specifically. Still, the Ben Hamish is asking. We mentioned that earlier in the Sikh, the, the wording that from here, Rab Shimon learned mashma shein negea That implies that it's not just here, but it's from here we take it to elsewhere, which is for future generations. What can there be for future generations from the fact that the mitzvah of that generation, even the best one, should be killed? So therefore, Rashi continues on, which we have asked why does Rashi need to bring that? It's coming to teach us for the rule that even the best of the snakes, you should crush its mo'yach. So yes, for the mitzrim, that we don't have later on. That was something unique about that generation that even the Yared Vara Hashem was a kosher so to speak, because he shared the same hatred, and that's what drove him, so he was lumped together with the rest of Mitzrayim, and got killed by Kriyasi Yamsu. <coughs> but the application of it for future generations is in a different field, not about killing the Mitzrim, but about Killing a snake, that even the best snake retates To add on more to that. It also comes to teach us, even for people, that if in the future there would be someone who has a record of animosity and bad behavior towards Yidden, to the degree that he can be classified a Nochosh. We find in the positive that shimshin Agiver was called a Nochosh. Right, so there can be also in the opposite someone who is so evil that we can call him a, a snake. If there will be such a person, yochol Olav Haklal that even the best of the nohosh type you should kill. And the Reverend says as a side point, in the time of Rashi and his students, there were many who had this poisonous, deep-seated animosity towards Yiddin as is evident from the various kinois that were written by Rashi and his Talmidim, the were the crusaders during the time of Rashi. And uh, we see this reflected in the kinois, how they speak about these type of goyim, <coughs> the, this, this, this poisonous um, hatred that they had towards the Eden, which makes them like a snake. And <coughs> you see in the footnotes 56. Um we see um in Khalis Yaakiv talks about homon. So it says homon misherish nochosh Tzefa. that from the sharish of nochosh came out Tzefa, which is also a type of snake, a molek al cane homon rash, who mishairish nochosh. That the word homon, the name homon is a rashatevis, who misherish nochosh. He comes from the root of the nohosh. So, you know, if there's a Haman type of guy, <laughs> even a toib shebe even if the best of these type of guys should be killed. And the Rebbe doesn't say it in the Sikha, but we can probably say also in, in more recent history, uh, the Nazis, Yemach Shemam, uh, even the best one. But if they had this type of poisonous animosity to Bnei Israel, they deserve the death. We asked, what does it mean that from here we derive that the best snake you should crush its head, its meyach, it says already in the Pasuk, much earlier. The difference is like this. Okay, when it says in Pasuk, the Hashem is talking to the snake. That he, the human being, will step on your head and you will kill him from this heel, meaning that the snake can bite the heel of a person. From here we only learn that if you are going to try to kill him by biting him at his heel, he will step on your head it just means that at that time at that point you should kill the snake when there is a situation where the snake is trying to kill the the human the human being will step on his head and kill the snake then not only then we find that you should kill even the best Mitzri due to their poisonous hatred towards Bnei Yisrael. Not due to their making war against the Eden, just due to their animosity. So the same will be true about the nohosh. Hashem was geyser that there should be hatred between the human beings and the snake. Don't wait till the snake tries to attack the person and then step on his head. As soon as you spot the snake, you see it, right away crushes brain. Even if right now he's the best snake and he's not trying to attack, you still, similar to the best he's a dangerous enemy, a dangerous hater. It teaches and it and it teaches also backwards, the the other way around. From the fact that Rashi brings the conclusion of the words of Rav Ravshima that the best snake you should crush its brain. That also clarifies the first part. The ois It's talking specifically about that generation. Their hatred to the Eden was on similar terms and similar levels, like the hatred of the nochash to the odom. The eivah osheis It was in their genes, in their blood. <coughs> Why indeed? How come that that generation of Mitzrim had this out-of-this-world type of sinner Totally unusual. We are asked, why not to recite this Rashi brings from the Dafka the that will answer that question. How come they had this uh, infinite hatred to the Eden? Just like we said before, it's coming to teach, but really, it also teaches us about it itself. What brought about impassious, gracious, that hatred between the human being and the snake. The fact that <laughs> the Nochash was sly, which is moiche, <laughs> that is something that has to do with his brain. <laughs> Due to that arm, that armumius, that, that, <laughs> that tricking, conniving nature, that, that brain of the snake brought about the Chet Hadas. <coughs> With that, Rashi is telling us, alluding to the fact that the hatred that the Yidden had, that the Mitzrim had towards the Yidin, they had a specific reason. And that reason made it totally different from any other generation. How did it all start? Padre said, <laughs> let's, let's outsmart them. He said this to all the mitzim that we should collectively, let us collectively outsmart the Jews. This sly, this brought about the difficult enslavement. And Rashi alludes to that by using the term instead of Why do you have to kill the because of the brain which caused this Same thing is true about this rule that the kosher you should kill because it's that is what led to the entire Kishashibu. Hello, Shekhan, Oile, Habir. But that raises a whole new question. Where do we find? From where do we know this that the killing of the Koshesh was due to their animosity, dear animosity? Perhaps this was just from Hashem without any open reason. That this the point has come where we're going to just wipe out all the Mitzrim. Who says it was because? They share the animosity to the same degree and with the same infinite hatred, just like the rest of Mitzrayim. How do we know that? Where do, where do we know that from? To answer this, Rashi tells us the Balha memory is Rab Shimon. Why? We know that Chazal tell us the Gemara says that Rab would always find the reason for the pasuk. That was his style of learning Torah. Dorish time adiklo, he would always say, "Yeah, it's not just the Torah is telling us. There's a reason for it," and he would always give us the reason. So because of that, also here we, according to Rab approach, and that's why Rashi. Brings the name Rab Shimon in this context to allude to this that there has to be a reason why they got killed, and it wasn't just as G- Zedim G- Z- G- Milafani and that's it. Hashem decided to kill out all the Mitzrim. So, if we know that there has to be a time of the Quran, so we have to use our Seychelles. What could be the reason? It can't just be the fact that they gave the Bahamas and we also established that it can't be the fact that they chased after the Eden because that Hashem orchestrated that. So we have to realize that the fact that they gave the Bahamas is not just random. It is because they really, really shared the same level of hatred that caused the other Mitsrim to enslave the Eden. They had the same hatred, and that's why they got it. Remember, we asked in the beginning of the question of the Sikha that if Rashi has some type of an explanation that is so simple that Rashi even doesn't have to spell it out clearly, how come that by all the debates didn't they make use of this simple explanation? <coughs> So the Rabbis explains ha bira omul hu omnam poshut behechlet while it is true that this above explanation is a simple explanation ahumazum rakpeiru rashi but it only fits rashi U'mishne Tamim for two reasons alef rashi bodal fadesh rakpsutish mikro haynu rakas habotsug shbe kai rashi is in the context of explaining the posuk so Rashi is indeed saying that it's talking about the mitzvim which are mentioned in this pasuk. So he can say that. And also, based, Rashi also brings the statement that the best snake you should crush its maya. And he brings it together. Because also this is learned out and derived from here. So that is an added proof that the kosher in Rashi is only referring specifically to the Mitzrim in that generation. <coughs> but the Vikuchim, they didn't ask, why does Rashi say this? In the Vikuchim, they were referring to the Mechilta. The Mechilta is saying it as, as a general thing, not just about the mitzvah of that generation. <laughs> but if the topic in discussion is, as the words of Rab Shimon are brought in the shanusach, or the like, by who besignets over there, it's a more generic wording. Tani Rab Shvi, Rab Shim ben Yehoy taught, "Hatev she be'akum hariv, hatev she benachashim retzitzet meichei, hakshere b'shen noshim balas kshafim." in making these statements that the best goy you should kill, the best snake you should kill, uh, crush its skull, the best woman has kshafim. So you can't say it's talking about the Mitzrayim in the time of Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim. You can't talk about it like that. It's not talking about a certain type of Goy or a ter- certain type of Mitzri or a certain generation. And then also, the fact that he adds on a third part, which has nothing to do with the best of the guy The hatred of the guy and the nochosh, you can somehow compare these two concepts, but you can't compare the to those. So, if there is also that statement, that means that each one is its own thing. Each is its own statement. So this is a statement that talks about the nature of women. The statement, the best of the nechoshim, has to do something about snakes. Just like the statement about the women and just like the statement about the snakes is not talking about a specific generation. So, from the perspective of the Divris Mesechta uh, and the like, and other places where this Ma'am is mentioned, it means a gem more generic and for Goyim in general, what is their nature? And that's what it's talking about. So therefore the daily Yisrael had to come up with other answers. They couldn't have said, it's talking only about the Goyim in Mitzrayim during Yetzias Mitzrayim. That you can say in Rashi, because Rashi is explaining the pshat in the story and the pshat in the Chumash. But by the Vikuchim, they couldn't have said that. <coughs> it was explained already numerous times that from Rashi we can sometimes derive also some things in halacha. in our case. Zochah. Second Sanhedrin, Rabbi Lezer says that a snake, whoever kills the snake first, gets a schus. You don't have to bring the snake to Besdin to kill it, as the Tanakama in the Mishnah over there holds. Now Rabbi Yechna and Shlokish argue about the position of Rabbi Leizer. Reish Lakish says, it's talking about a case where a snake killed a person. Which, therefore, is about such a snake. Rabbi Lezer said, you don't need to bring it to Besdin if an ox Gore is uh, a person, you would have to bring the axe to Bethany. You can't just kill it. So, by the snake, Rabbi Lezer holds, unlike the Tanakama, that you don't need to bring it to Bethany. But if the snake did not kill anyone, then you're not allowed to just kill it. Rabbi Yechanan argues with Rish Lakish, and Rabbi Yechonon says, "No, even if they didn't kill, you're allowed to kill, and you should kill the snake preemptively, lefischein l'hem tarbus, because he, you can't domesticate a snake." So this is an argument in the Gemara. Now, when we look at Rashi, hein lefipirush Rashi bepshut zeshal mikro shedin teveshe benachoshim nilma minaklal koshim bemitzrim harayg. Due to the fact that Rashi learns out the from the rule of Koshashem Mitzri Marek. The words of Rashi always have to be understood in the simple sense. What can we learn out from that? You don't need Bezdin. Just like over there, the, not every Mitzri was judged individually, then we would have had to rule with a proper Mishpat and try to find the schools for him. Here, every Yodid was killed out together with the rest of Mitzrayim. Apparently, it applies to all Mitzrim, in one measurement, in one big sweep, they were all wiped out. So that teaches us that in this machlekes, because the Harigas and is derived from the Harigas Tev be Mitzrim, that tells us that you have to kill the Nochosh even if it didn't kill base, that means that you don't have to bring it to Baslin. I'm sorry. And base, we learn out from that 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 means even in the case where it didn't kill anyone, because even the best meaning, what's the best One that didn't kill. Not due to the war, not because it killed someone. Rather, just to the fact that it has an animosity, deserves to be get killed. But which animal gets this special din? A snake, about whom there is a stated animosity in its nature other animals, they might be domesticated, so there's no need to just say that they should be killed. Just like that. What's the lesson that we can learn out from this? <coughs> Chazal tell us that the nochosh is the yetzer Sometimes the Yetzer dresses itself with this garment of Yiras Shamayim. It appears to us like a a good Yetzer Hara, a good Nochosh. Who He says like this: <coughs> He wants to establish peace with the Yetzir Tev. Let's let's make some, let's find middle ground. I'll let you learn Torah when it's the time to learn Torah. But in return, but at other times, you let me be, the Yetzir says. Let me go after my Taivis when I'm eating and so on. Let me enjoy myself. Says Rab Shimon that the best snake, the snake that comes with this it of Yerash to make peace, you got to crush its mo'yach. Also last is Shum You cannot make deals and peace deals with the Yetzirah. Because he's a snake, he's sly. May the clothes of the no'hosh be Whatever it may be. Its hatred is always fully there. The fact that he's ready to give up some things. Go learn Torah right now. This is just his tricks. He knows that he can't just approach the Yid to do Aved so he tells him, do this, do this. As Chassidus Taiches, the Rebbe said, a different explanation. I say kach, I say kach doesn't mean do a little Aved and then do another little Aved. No, he says, I say Asei kach. He says, yeah, do that. That's good. He encourages the Yid in the Avedis Hashem <clears throat> to make him feel good. That mitzvah, you did that well. He wants to befriend him. And then slowly, slowly, he takes him off the derruch. So there is this Yir Hashamayim, the Toib Sheben Ochoshim, but you have to realize it's still a Nochosh. So you have to crush, not as Roishoy, the Moach, the brain over here. This type of conniving and tricking, that you have to kill. Another point. Kapecho <coughs> the Postal can tell him that the toil of your hands you should eat so it's uh, it's known uh, that it means that when a person gets busy making panosa, it should be only a toil of his hands but his head should always be filled exclusively with Torah. You have to break the brain of the Yitzhara. That our minds should be fully devoted, exclusively devoted to That our minds should be fully devoted, exclusively devoted to when the Yidin fulfill this we will then merit the fulfillment of the promise that also the enemies will make peace with him as the Yerushalmi says that who is the Oivov? it is the Nochosh that the will come, also the Nochosh will be transformed. Adasha Yashlim that it will make peace with the human being. Eibusha should hope this should be the cadre mamash. <coughs>